you know um today we attended the burial of um, our sister in the lord our sister bimbo ozoma her elder sister's um body burial not her burial her body burial because we all know that um believers don't die when we leave this body when our spirit leaves our bodies we're still alive we just changed location we know when my dad passed i refused to say my dad was being buried because that was not my dad that was just his body being buried hallelujah <clears throat> so anyways how is everyone doing we rejoice always amen bible says to rejoice always and again i say rejoice praise the lord hallelujah so how has everyone been let me say hi to a few people let me see let me see yeah bridget is here hi bridget i haven't seen you in a while sis how are you um let me see temi temini kailayo temini kailo welcome to this meeting god bless you sister ugo welcome brother robo sister renita you are blessed sister marian lola how are you lola is a, is a former <laughs> you're blessed sister helen helen how are you how are the children god bless you francis oh i have two francis o's in this family we have francis odm we have francis omishore so hey eka you're able to join that's good how are you doing sister doing how are you sister ayo good to see you good evening Biola, i was looking for you at um, yaba did you make it were you able to get there <laughs> awesome okay let's pray father we just thank you for this evening this is the day that you have made lord we rejoice lord we are glad hallelujah we thank you for your faithfulness oh god we thank you for your loving kindness we thank you for your tender mercies oh god oh hallelujah can we just pray in the spirit for a few minutes i wasn't sure i would be, in fact i had actually said i wasn't going to minister this evening i just wanted to come home shower and sleep into bed and sleep you know but hey we're here Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. You are the giver of life. Lord, you are full of life. And we are full of you. Hallelujah. Because we are full of you, we are full of life. We are full of your glory. We are full of your power. We are full of your goodness. Thank you, Jesus. We are full of your mercy. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord, for training us daily teaching us daily some of us are slow in catching it some of us are fast 
My Father, thank you for not giving up on us, oh God. Thank you for helping us, oh God. Thank you for being so patient with us. You ask us to bear the fruits of righteousness, long-suffering, patience, endurance. You are full of these qualities, oh God. That's why we're still here today. Father, we thank you. We are grateful for what you have done, Lord. Thank you for my brethren, my brothers, my sisters that have joined from all over the world. Father, thank you for the word that you have for us tonight. Holy Spirit, I thank you for speaking tonight because you know... (laughs) You know how I feel right now. So I ask you to help me and just speak through me or speak through brethren.
Immer noch. Please, can you confirm if um reception it was working now okay cool praise the lord thank you jesus hallelujah okay so today i wanted us to be a bit more interactive um good awesome praise the lord you can hear good 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 okay we've been looking at fruitfulness Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <coughs> so are we, are we on now? Can you hear me now? Okay. Praise the Lord. Okay. Good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for helping us this evening in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so I was saying that we've been looking at um, fruitfulness and the difference between fruitfulness and multiplication and how fruitfulness is a DNA thing. Fruitfulness is a, a thing, okay, not fruitful before the lord even if i'm bringing forth it's not wearing the image of christ okay if what i'm bringing forth is not bearing the image of christ i'm not being fruitful 
And a believer is expected to be fruitful in every aspect. Animals are meant to be fruitful. Your farm is meant to be fruitful. Your, your farm is meant to be fruitful. The work of your hands is meant to be fruitful. Praise the Lord. Your work with God, your spiritual, hallelujah. So the fruit, is, is this thing working? Much uh, glitches going on. Okay. This is a very important message, very critical message. Keeps breaking, yes. Okay, we can. Francis, do you think that will work? Yes, we can. Yeah. Okay, is that helping? Is that better? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just pray in the spirit for a few minutes. All right, let's pray in the, in the spirit for a few minutes. Everybody, unmute yourselves. Let's pray in the spirit. Ekebo bo rakaba ba so ko bo 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 bo rak
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for filling us with your joy, filling us with your peace, filling us with your goodness, filling us with your faithfulness. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in us, what you're doing for us, what you're doing in our midst. Oh, God, Lord, we thank you. We are grateful to you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So I was doing an overview of what we had been sharing. We've been looking at fruitfulness. We've been looking at faith. Praise God. The life of faith. Uh, why are we laying, relaying the foundations of faith in our lives again? Because we got an instruction from the Lord to build after this pattern. The Lord told us at the last conference to, that he had um, begun us on another seven-year journey, gave us seven years, timeline of seven years. Um, we had entered into that the first year of that seventh year. Praise God. But it became very clear to me that it was a seven year program at the to us that uh, um, at the conference, um, because like two months or so or three months before the conference, we kept on saying we're in a new season, we're in a new season. And then the Lord gave us a word in Exodus chapter 26 and verse 22 about Rehoboth and digging fresh water, digging our wells to drink from um, uh, to find water. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth. He said that contention had ceased. Praise God. It was time to dig because the Lord had made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. So it is, it was, it is time for fruitfulness. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is, this is awesome. You know, I've never connected this, this aspect of this scripture to this series of teaching, this particular fruitfulness I'm dealing with now. I'm just seeing it. Praise the Lord. That that scripture, we've had that scripture as a Rema instruction, a Rema word for us as a community for, you know, um, a few months now. We've been declaring these words and then this instruction came to relay the foundation of faith. Actually, the Lord specifically gave me specific things to teach. I wrote them down. I wrote them down as they came to me. Praise the Lord. And um, so we're looking at faith and fruitfulness. Okay. What does it mean to be fruitful? God wants all his children to be fruitful. In fact, fruitfulness is a commandment. It's not a suggestion. 
It's not a wish. It's a commandment. God commanded us. God commands his children to be fruitful. And Jesus said, the tree that does not bear fruit will be what? Cut off. And Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Jesus gave a condition for bearing fruit. He said, if you abide in me, hallelujah, if you abide in me, then you will want bring forth much fruit. So it's only when we are abiding in Jesus that we're able to bear fruit. Praise the Lord. Now, the ordinary man would, be, would think that being fruitful just means multiplication. Being fruitful is beyond multiplication. It is multiplication after a likeness. Multiplication after a likeness. Multiplication after a pattern. Praise God. Multiplication after an image. Praise God. So it means that if by the work of my hands would be called fruitful, it means that number one, it will multiply, but it will not multiply because of crooked things. It will not multiply because, you know, I'm, do, I'm being crafty. I'm twisting people. I'm defrauding my brethren. I'm doing one thing or the other that is not clean before God, that I cannot take before God to multiply or grow that work of my hands. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, in the scriptures, the kingdom of God, I've always thought that the kingdom of God has a pattern for, the kingdom of God has economic it's economic pattern take it or leave it i'm telling you i'm not talking about prosperity preacher. i'm not talking about teaching prosperity or preaching prosperity neither am i talking about uh, uh um motivation i'm talking about practical working uh, tools that the holy ghost will give you to grow your business what he will teach you to grow your business after the pattern of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. When we look at the patterned life of the children of Israel, we see that God was interested in every aspect of their life. God was interested in the clothes they wore, how they wore it, how the priest dressed, which kind of fabric they wore, whether it was wool, whether it was linen. God was interested in that. God was interested in who you marry. God was interested in how they plant their, their, their agriculture, their agricultural practices. God was interested in that. God was interested in how they treat their mates, how they treat their servants, how they deal with strangers. God was interested in even where they, their toilets. God instructed and Moses instructed, instructed them on how the distance between where they live and where their toilets should be. It was all captured in the law. It was part of the law. So God is not a God that is, should be, you know, separated from our daily lives, from my daily living. So the only time I know God is when I want to pray. That's not what God wants. God wants to be involved in every aspect of our life, in every, in our day-to-day -day living, in what we eat and how we eat it. And even when we should eat. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So these are some of the things that we had looked at in the past. And um, today I wanted us to be a bit more interactive. I wanted to find out if anyone had a question. First of all, I want to start with the scripture I raised um, in the book of Genesis. And I asked if anyone understood it. I asked us to go take a look at it and come back. Okay, she, um, one of our sisters, um, 
sent me a text message and she had seen something there. She felt that um, God was talking to the creatures in the sea. They were the ones who were supposed to increase, to fill the waters in the sea. And I'm reading from Genesis chapter one. If you didn't attend last week, you might not. Um, well, let's read this, the verse and then you will catch up, okay? And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that had life. I'm reading Genesis chapter one from verse 20. And fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created whales and every living creature that moveth which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind and god saw that it was good and god blessed them saying be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let fowl multiply in the earth and she said that the instruction yes reading in context he was referring to the creatures that he had created so my question is still how do they fill the waters in the seas whether the instruction was for the fishes or whether it's for man how do you feel the waters in the seas so that is still something we will demystify very soon i'm sure when we pay attention the lord will show us what he was talking about there or maybe the translators didn't translate properly we'll see hallelujah so i want to find out if anyone has any questions so far the reason I'm asking for these questions is that these are grounding teachings. These are teachings that are meant to ground us effectively for the journey ahead. This is not the cap of your Christian work. This is the foundation. This is the elementary doctrines, the fundamental doctrines of your Christian work. And it is on the foundation of these truths that you build the rest of your Christian life upon. Okay, whatever you're going to be in the next 10 years, whatever you're going to be in the next five years, whatever you're going to be in the next seven years, it has been measured to us. The foundation of that journey is your faith life. The just shall live by faith. If you do not learn the faith life and how to respond by faith to whatever it is that you meet in life, things might not go exactly the way God intended for them to go. And somebody is saying, isn't everything that happens to a believer should be the will of God. That's what it should be, but it's not always what it is because man has a way of contributing to what happens to him on the earth, to what happens between him and God on the earth. Man has a big say so to his life, how it goes. Remember Joshua, Joshua said, as for me, choose you this day whom you shall serve whether you will serve God or you will serve what? Man, right? And he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So it was up to the people to choose whom they would serve, praise God. And even choosing whom they would serve, it is still up to them to decide on how to serve the one they have chosen to serve. Now, the Bible tells us that there is an acceptable way to serve the Lord. There is an acceptable way to serve the Lord. How do, we how do we serve God acceptably? The Bible calls it with godly fear and reverence. Praise God. Serve God with godly fear and reverence. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. So I want to know, let me not, let me stop talking. I want to know if there's anyone that has a question so far, you want us to look at it? Anyone just indicate and um, you would unmute. Yeah, good evening, Ma. I have a question. Okay. Okay, so um, last week, after the teaching, um, I started searching on different places where fruitfulness and multiplication appeared in scriptures. And I came across um, Genesis 17, where um, the Lord spoke concerning Ishmael and say he will make him fruitful and exceedingly multiply. And I, I didn't know what to make of it because from last week's teaching, I was of the opinion that um, fruitfulness was particularly to God's children, that um, children of the promise, the kingdom, children of the kingdom. And so when I saw that for Ishmael, it got me, I didn't know, I actually did not know what to make of it. So I would like to draw a bit more light on that. Thank you. All right, praise the Lord. Okay, so God said, this is Genesis chapter 17. I'm seeing um, from verse, let's read from verse 20. Okay, or rather let's read from verse 18. And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And God said, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. Praise the Lord. Now, in the heart of God, the plan of God for the whole world, when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. As you and I speak today, there's no man on the earth who is meant to go to hell. Every human being on the earth, whether you're a Hindu, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're a pagan, whether you're, uh, you're on, um, what do they call them now, agnostics, atheists, okay? Hallelujah. Now, no matter what your, what your, um, what your religion is, praise God, you, you would, you would see from the scriptures that the death of Jesus was for all men. Now, because the death of Jesus was for all men, all men automatically are not coming into salvation, even though provision for salvation has been made for them. So God declared, I have saved all men. Okay. The God's plan is that all men should be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So God would look over human, human beings and declare them saved, declare them fruitful, right? But in application, okay, in our work, you remember earlier on I said, we determine how our courses will go, whether the plan God has for us and the program God has written for us, the direction it will go. 
Now, in God's books, God has written specific things about Ishmael. God's plan for Ishmael was not that Ishmael will go and become a child of Belial. No, because through Abraham, all the families of the earth should be saved. Now, the nations of the earth were to look at Israel and receive salvation from them. Okay, that is one. Then number two, before the nation of Israel was born through Abraham's loins, God visited men individually. And God had program for men individually. So we see men like Noah. We see men like, uh, uh, um, like Job. We see men like Enoch. We see men like, um, who are these other patriarchs that after um, Cain and Co, we see men like Seth. When, when Seth was brought forth, the Bible says that men began to call upon the name of the Lord. But those men that were calling upon the name of the Lord were neither Jews. They were not Jews. Abraham was not yet born at the time. But men were calling upon the name of the Lord. We see men also like Balaam. You know, before Balaam, Balaam's anointing was corrupted. Balaam actually was a true prophet of God. We also see men like, uh, 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 like who? Like Jethro, yes. We also see men like Jethro, the, the, the Moses' father-in-law. That's Jethro, right? Okay, that's the guy I was thinking about. Moses' father-in-law, he was actually a priest. Okay, he was a priest. So there were different priests. What is priesthood? Priesthood is ability to intercourse, interface with God, minister to God, come face to face with God and interact with God at that time. So there were, there were many people on the earth who had relationship with God, men from the East, different men all over the world. Okay, God kept looking for men. Now, the reason God chose Abraham above all the other men that he met was because in Abraham, he found a man who could multiply his genes in righteousness. So through Abraham now, he could create a nation. He could form a nation, multiply that nation. And through that nation, Christ will come. And then he will mirror his righteousness, his glory, and his, 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 um, his laws, his truth, you know, through Israel. So that under other nations, in looking at Israel, will say, take us to your God. We want to know your God. Hallelujah. So you would, you would not really see anyone that God's plan for the person is you are cursed. You will not do well. No, 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 no. No. Except he's speaking by prophetic sight. Okay. But when he speaks from his intentions, his will, his program is to bless. God is salvation. It's always to bless. Okay. But now, when we come to the earth, we have a will. We choose either to be blessed or to be cursed. Either to go with God's program or to go with another program. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I want to also say that before Jesus came, there were patterns. There have been patterns with which God dealt with men. There was a dispensation of innocence when there was no distinction between sin, what is sin and what is not sin. Praise God. And we can see that played out in the life of children. So before um, um, the law came, God judged men through their consciences. So the provision for fruitfulness and multiplication at that time 
would have been measured in a certain manner. Okay? Then God raised Israel and brought forth a nation. And after he brought forth the nation, he gave them the law. Now, until the law came, sin could not be what? Sin could not be what? Who knows the answer? It's in the book of Romans. Until the law, sin could not what? Sin could not be appropriated as it were. Because where there is no law, what are you going, what are you going to tell someone that they did? They didn't break any law because there was no law. Okay? But when God brought the law, people were held accountable for what they did. So the, the, the parameter for judging fruitfulness changed. It was now hinged on the law. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. Now, that dispensation, we leave for that dispensation for um, um, how many thousands of years? I've forgotten exactly. If I pause a bit, I can calculate it. Okay. Then Jesus came. Okay. The Bible records in the book of, of Romans, he said, death reigned until Moses. So it, when Moses came, death stopped reigning. Certain things could no longer happen. Yes, sin could not be imputed. Thank you for that word. That's what is in the scriptures. Okay. So now Jesus has come. Because Jesus has come, the standards is now Christ. So you see that through the ages, God had specific ways that he dealt with men and specific ways that he measured fruitfulness to them. Now we are the generation that have received perfection. We are the generation that have come into Christ. We are the generation that know God in the flesh. Before God was never known in the flesh. So we are the generation that have captured God and he is inside here and he became flesh. In our generation, God appeared as flesh. Angels had never seen God until Jesus came. God manifest in the flesh. Seen of angels. That is the mystery of the Godhead. Is it is there in the book of Timothy? I think it's Timothy. It's in the book of Timothy. Praise the Lord. So this generation that has seen God in the flesh, that has captured God in their flesh, God has also measured to them what true righteousness is. Hallelujah. Do you understand it? Yes, you do. Glory to God. In fact, <laughs> even, even in, our, in our walk, you know, uh, everyday walk with God, even all believers are not going to be judged alike. The Bible says, Paul said, once those who are not called to be teachers, he said, be careful because the judgment for teachers is going to be higher. So you see, so their standard of judgment is going to be higher. Okay, so there are secrets in the scriptures that is meant to guide and instruct our lives how we live on a daily basis and it's our is our responsibility to find these secrets so we use these secrets to correct our hearts first the way we think the way we reason the way we process things the way we judge people the way we receive people the way we love the way we hate praise god hallelujah so I think I answered that question. Did I? 
Yes, for us, God is in the flesh. Glory to God. We are the ones, we are the generation that captured God in the flesh. We are the generation that God manifested to us as God in the flesh. God as a man. Today, a man is called God. His name is Jesus Christ. The man, Christ Jesus. He is God. Before he came, there was no such a thing. So for every generation, every generation has their standard. Every generation has their measurements, their location, and the judgments with which God will use and judge every man, every generation particularly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I want another question. Any other question? So far, we've talked about faith and finances. We've talked about... Um, you know, financial prosperity, permit me to use that word, through faith. That was the first of the series. Yes, Eka, you have a question. Go ahead, unmute yourself and ask the question. Well, I, I kind of wanted to understand the, I still kind of want to understand the whole, um, the whole idea of, um, Jesus being fully man and fully God, like Jesus being what? Being fully man and fully God. Like since um since like we said um we you know we see we know Jesus as I mean we know God as you know man because um because Jesus came in the flesh. So like I want to really really like understand like okay the whole because like I've heard it so many times. Okay, Jesus Jesus was fully man and fully God. So like how like thank you lord jesus hallelujah all right first of all when jesus was on the earth before he went to the cross he was not fully god he dropped deity he laid it down okay and then he came as a man so you ask me how can that be because God can be and do anything he wants to do. Now, this is one of the qualities of God that you must understand as a Christian. Otherwise, you will question many things. Okay, I met once a young Muslim boy and he said, how can Jesus, how can God have a son and God be spirit and God is this? He, he was a Christian. He just converted to Islam two days before and then I met him. So I met him and I said to him, I said, if you can explain these qualities with your mental faculty and your intelligence, then he's no longer God. The reason he's God is that he can do all things. He can be everywhere at the same time. He can be anything he wants to be, he can appear in any form. And he can do all things. There's nothing he cannot do. He can appear here now as fire. He can appear here now as a cloud. He can appear here now as a tree. He can appear as a lion. He can appear as an eagle. He can appear as a dove. And he can appear as one sitting on the throne. But yet he doesn't have a chair that he sits upon. So he is God. Now, God... First of all, God, the, the scripture says that there are mysteries in the scriptures. If you, if you, after this Bible study, go and Google mysteries. You will see that the scriptures is loaded with mysteries. 
There are mysteries in creation. There are mysteries on this earth. There are mysteries where we're going. In fact, all of the mysteries that we're not able to demystify in, on this side of eternity will be demystified when we meet him face to face. Paul said, for right now we see what? Dimly as in a glass. But then we will see what? Clearly and we will be known as we are known. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I said all of this for you to understand who God is, that God can be anything. So God decided that he wants to be a man. Okay. And for him to be a man fully, he had to drop the qualities of God. Let's, let's look at, um, let's open the scriptures. First of all, I think it's John where he said, give me back the glory which I had with you before the world began. That's in John 17, somewhere in John 17, 17, 18. You found it? Okay, so, Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. I'm reading from verse 24. That they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee, and has... And these have known that that, no, no, this is not the scripture. Sorry, verse five. Aha. Uh -huh. I have glorified thee on the earth from verse four. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. And now, O oh father, glorify thou me with your own self with the glory which I had with you before the world was. So there was a glory that he had with God before the world was. What happened to that glory? He put it down. He laid it down. And now he has finished his work on the earth. He was going to go to the cross. That's the last lap, right? And then he was telling him, it is time to glorify me. It is time for me to receive back my glory. That glory which is meant to receive back is the glory of the Godhead. It's the glory of the Godhead. Okay? So Jesus went to the cross and died as a man because if he was God, he could not die. If he was God, you cannot put sin on him. If he was God, you cannot catch his body anywhere to kill him. Even angel, you can't catch an angel, let alone catch God. Do you see? Now, the Bible calls these things the mystery of godliness. The mystery of the Godhead. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So when he went to the cross and died, we would see the drama in hell. I've thought that many times. I did a series on when Jesus went to hell. Please, if media, if you can highlight it for those who are joining us for the first time, Please go to Telegram. We'll advise you to um, um, go to Telegram uh, app. If you don't have a Telegram app, download Telegram app and then log on to our page on Telegram where we post our raw messages on open book, what for now, and Melchizedek um, priesthood. And look for the message. Please, I'll, I'll appreciate that media. Please help us find the message, okay? 
where we touch on what happened to Jesus in hell. Now, if you listen to that message, you will see where I pulled out from the scriptures. It's all there in the scriptures, in the book of Psalm, it's in the prophets, praise God. And it's in the Hebrews where um, um, Jesus was crowned again with his glory. When the Holy Ghost came to hell to raise him from the dead, to quicken his spirit back to life and crowned him with glory and honor. Now, David in the book of Psalm, when he saw that in the spirit as a prophet, he prophesied and declared, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him for you have made him a little lower than angels and now you have crowned him again with glory and honor. Now, if you go back to the book of Hebrews, you will see where Hebrews says, for you made him a little lower than angels for the purpose of death. So Hebrews explained why he was made lower than angels. So being made lower than angels was, was that, means that he became a man because men in, in form, not by inheritance, not by nature, but in makeup are lower than angels. But by paternity, we're higher than them. That's for another day. I don't want to go there now. If I go there now, we'll get, me, we'll get distracted. I won't finish what I'm explaining. Okay? So Jesus was made a little lower than angels for the purpose of death. So when you read Hebrews, you will understand that what David was saying in Psalm was actually what he was seeing as a prophet prophesying about jesus that was why he declared what is man that you are mindful of him i can't understand see what is happening to a man one day he was lowered a little lower than angels okay and then the next minute he saw when they were crowning him with glory and honor his glory had been fully decked on him he was carrying the full glory of God. Hallelujah. And at that time, God the Father declared from heaven, let all angels worship him. When he was raised from the dead, he declared, let all angels worship him. Hallelujah. At the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. At that instance, Lucifer, all the angels of death, hell sickness diseases all the demons rather all of them bowed throughout the whole hell all that they were declaring was jesus is lord jesus is lord as jesus was being raised from the dead the bible says he led captivity captive and he was raised from the dead praise the lord hallelujah so right now when he when he rose from the dead god did not take away that human flesh that he had acquired god chose to don't forget his god god chose decided to keep to retain that human form in the flesh and don't forget from the beginning he made us in his image in his image he made us so if you look in the spirit god is in this form honestly you remember the children of israel that went to the mountain with Moses. The Bible says that 70 elders of Israel were taken up in that mountain through a portal. They went to be with the Lord. And the Bible says that they saw the feet of Almighty God. 
and they ate in his presence. So that feet they saw was like the feet of a man, but that was the feet of God. Now, the only thing is that this being that has this form of a man in the spirit pulled himself out of the spirit in this flesh and returned this fleshly body. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What a sacrifice. What a sacrifice. Now, God did all of this for us so that you and I can come into salvation and then so that you and I can carry him. God can live inside of us. Many of us, including myself, we have not fully begun to live in the reality of the Holy Ghost dwelling in us. What a man that the Holy Spirit is indwelling looks like, will be like. <laughs> when we come into that day, the earth will shake. The earth will shake. Now, is all of these teachings, we should have been feeding these things, feeding on these things on a daily basis, right? To come into that stature quickly, that's the way to do it, to feed on these truths daily, consistently, through teachers, through prophets, through apostles, through yourself, yourself how? Reading the Bible yourself, you listen to teachings, you read, you worship, you fast, you pray, you lock yourself up, you spend time with God alone, you come out, you join fellow believers, you fellowship together, you worship him together, you pray together, you go back. Do you understand? This, these are the tools that will make the man that God is looking for. Hallelujah. So I think I've answered that question. Have I, my life audience? Thank you so much. So is there another question? Hallelujah. No other question. Awesome. Good. No, sorry. Who has a question? Okay. There's a question here. Let's let's take the question. Yes, please ask. They wanted because the teaching was so much that they couldn't say. Uh, so they wanted to kill him, to, to kill him, to stone him. Mm -hmm. But uh, he disappeared. He disappeared. They wanted to throw him headlong. Yes, through the cliff. Yes, he disappeared. Uh -huh. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay, so Grandma is asking a very serious question. He said, 
Jesus, if we're saying that Jesus had laid down his deity on the earth as God, why was he doing many of the miracles that he was doing? That is one. And then why was it difficult to kill him or impossible to kill him until he was ready to go to the cross? Okay, so first of all, Jesus is not the first man on the earth, was not the first man on the earth to perform miracles. Okay? Moses performed miracles. Um, Elisha performed miracles. Elijah performed miracles. Elisha raised two people from the dead, recorded two people from the dead. And his dead bones raised another man from the dead who um, um, they were going to bury and they met some riot or something. And then they threw the dead body where Elisha was buried and the guy came back to life. So Jesus is not the first man to perform miracles. The outstanding miracles that made him distinctive, which the Jews talked about, was the one when he gave a man that was born without eyes and he made him see and the blind man said have you ever seen anyone that gave blind that gave eyes to someone that was born without eyes actually the guy was born without eyeballs he didn't have any eyeballs in the socket so jesus went back to creation if you if you watch that miracle that was why he went outside spat on the ground took the dust of the ground molded it into a mud and pasted it on his eyes because man was formed from the dust of the earth so to create that miracle that had to happen okay praise the lord now after um, uh, um, um the other thing grandma was asking about is what how how was it that they could not kill him the only reason why they couldn't kill jesus was not because he was god the reason why they couldn't kill jesus is because he had no sin in him a man that has no sin in him cannot die and I want you, you new creation man, we, not you, all of us, I want us to meditate on this thing daily. Something will happen to your physical body. Something will happen to your physical Because according to God's record, your sins have been, our sins, I'm preaching to myself, our sins have been taken away. A man that has no sin cannot die. The first Adam was created sinless he could not die he could have lived in that garden for eternity there was no death found around him until he disobeyed god sin came and god said the day you eat of this fruit you shall die death was initiated when sin came now god had to bring in a second adam to the earth this second Adam had to also come to the earth without sin, like the first Adam, and face the temptations the first Adam faced. That serpent in the garden was not snake. That serpent in the garden was Satan. Satan had already fallen long, I don't know how many thousands or millions of years, Satan fell before Adam was created. So immediately he saw Adam in the garden, he came, he knew that this was God's prime creation. He watched the whole creation process. And he must have heard when God declared man the king of all his creation. So he went after this king because God put every other thing he created under this man's dominion. So there's no need going to attack these other things. It won't affect the man. But if you hit the man, you will affect the rest. Okay, so Satan went to Adam 
to tempt Adam. Now, Jesus had to be also born without sin. And the first Adam was formed from the dust of the earth and God breathed into him and he became a living soul. But the second Adam was born by the word that came out of the mouth of God. So when God sent his angel, Gabriel, with his words, and the angel spoke the word to Mary, that word of God, that as soon as Mary believed it, the Bible says that she was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost, and the word became flesh. That's what it means in the book of John. And the word became flesh. It was those words that Gabriel spoke that formed the flesh inside the womb of Mary. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So this word that came out had no sin in him, but he too had to go through temptation like the first Adam because God has suddenly brought another man, another Adam to the earth. So Satan came to try him. They started tempting him. It wasn't just the temptation in the wilderness. They started tempting him from when he was a child. Make no mistake about it. His siblings would have been mocking him. Okay, they would have been abusing him. Look at you. Okay, we don't even know who your father is. Maybe your mother was pregnant before they, your father. You know how those things, you know those words? Just trying to provoke him, to provoke him, to provoke him. But he had no sin. So he couldn't yield to sin the way we yield to sin. Hallelujah. So a man without sin will not die. A man without sin can never die. You will live forever without sin. You won't die. And that's what God is trying to teach us by abolishing death and taking away sin. The body of sin was nailed to the cross for us. Now, a believer who is able to understand this thing and walk in his reality will not see death, will not taste death on the earth. I'm telling you the truth. And I'm telling you that as there are many believers who are witnesses of this reality that have lived 200 and something years, 300 and something years on the earth. You know, they have them desert fathers, you know, some Christians like that. Okay. And God works with our belief system. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're going to pray in the spirit for a few minutes for us to understand Someone just posted, God, help me to understand this thing. Yes, because it is true. God works with our belief system. And this is what has been captured through the years. Uh, um, in fact, we support it with scriptures. It is appointed unto man to die but once after that judgment. So we use that to justify and teach ourselves that every man on the earth must die. But that's not what that scripture means. That's not what that scripture is talking about. That's not what the scripture is talking about. Hallelujah. Jesus said, those that believe in me shall not see death. How about that? Those that believe in me shall not see death. Praise God. So God works with us based on what we have chosen to believe, what we have chosen to rest our religious beliefs on. Now that scripture, let me explain that scripture that I just quoted. It is appointed unto man to die but once. Please give me that scripture. Let me explain it properly. Let me open the scripture and explain it properly. It is appointed unto man to die but once. And after that, judgment, so Christ. 
You see? Now, because it is appointed unto men once to die, because of that appointment men had with death, because of that, Jesus died and paid that appointment. He kept the appointment for men. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto those who look for him shall he appear the second time without sin. Without sin means not subject to death. Without sin means not subject to death. Without sin means not subject to death. Without sin. Unto salvation. Hallelujah. In the book of Timothy, the scripture says that Jesus abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through what? Through the gospel. That immortality brought life and immortality to light through the gospel means brought life and immortality to our understanding. That life and immortality might be our reality. But we need to, we need to, Reprogram our minds from the religion we've been carrying for years. We've been hearing it for years. One day you will die. Every man on the earth will die. Every man on the earth must die. We all have appointments with death. Every man has appointments with grave. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. The life that we've been called to live, we have a choice. You can choose how you want to go. You can choose to go by the grave. You can choose to go by the spirit. You can choose to remain until Jesus comes. It just depends on how much. How hungry are you? <laughs> how hungry are you? How much, how much, how ready are you to press into the life? Oh, but the cares of this world won't let us, right? So we accept the lower standard and God says, okay, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I told us last week that when a child of God decides to go, God helps you get ready. When a child of God makes up his mind to leave the earth, God helps you get ready. And we saw that in the life of Elijah. After Elijah had performed a powerful, 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 powerful thing, slew the prophets of Baal, 400 of them, or how many of them? Did he slay? Was he 80? Who slew 400? Jehu slew 400. How many did Elijah slay? I've forgotten. Okay? That day, killed all the prophets of Baal. Demonstrated the power of God, what Israel had never seen before. Called down fire from heaven to lick up the altar. And all Israel repented that day. The Lord God, he is the Lord. The Lord God, he is the Lord. They, the hearts of the fathers and the hearts of the children of Israel were reconciled to God. The next day, uh, Jezebel said, Elisha, Elijah, today, today, I will do to you what you did to my prophet. The Bible says that Elijah saw what Jezebel said. And the next thing he started running. He ran, ran to the brook. God said, okay, go to the brook. You see, God, it's God now. God has taken, taken over. He's ready to die, yo. God is saying, okay, let's take a, a small walk. Let's go and talk first. 
Let me know how ready you are. So God sent him to the brook. Okay, go to the brook. I've commanded the raven to bring food for you. And there's water in the brook. You will drink it. When he got to the brook, God came and asked him, Elijah, what are you doing here? So he stayed at the brook until the water dried up. When the water dried up, God said to him, Oya, go. I've appointed a woman to feed you. Before he went on that journey, an angel came and gave him angel food. He ate that angel food. The angel told him, eat all. But the journey is very far. And Elijah walked for 40 days without food or water. When he got to Mount Horeb, God asked him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah said, ah, father, don't you know what is happening? Can't you see what Jezebel wants to do to me? I'm the only one left in the whole of Israel. All the people, every one of them, they have turned to bow. God said, calm down. I have reserved for myself. 7,000 that have not bowed their knees to bow. He didn't want to hear that he was done. He was tired. God said, okay, that's fine. No problem. You will come home. You're a righteous man. You've worked. You've labored. But your ministry is not finished. Go, pour out a portions of your anointing on three men. On the king of Syria, anoint one king of Syria, anoint Jehu, king of Israel, anoint Elisha as a prophet in your place. And then the chariots will come and pick you up. Hallelujah. I like to go that way. I like to go that way. If it's possible, I like to go that way. I wish I could pay the price to go that way because these men, their only life was God. Their only life was God. If I could make my only life God, I would dare be bold to say I will, I will go that way. They had no business. They had no interest. Elisha went, slaughtered all his cows, distributed the meat to people to eat, handed everything over and followed Elijah to go and wash his hands. Today we'll call him a fool, right? Say, Father, give me life. Teach me your life. Teach me your ways. Teach me your ways, O Father. Set my heart aright, O God. Teach me what is worth pursuing and what is not worth pursuing. Teach me what to live for. Make me a fruit-bearing tree. Make me a fruit-bearing tree. Hallelujah. Kechi said, Lord, help me to understand these things. Father, help us understand these things. Help us understand these things in the name of Jesus. Rebo sokotana bayanderi gabala shakata. Zobaruna kapasakatande reseketa. Osuprana sukante leke pusaita kuposotia. Zopatakali baba sonta lika parakapapasota. And someone is asking here, but eventually Jesus was killed yes jesus was killed when he was made sin he could only be killed after the passover not before then now at the passover he came into a covenant with man please let's bring a communion elements this is a good time to break bread at that passover he caught covenant with man 
he became man and took man's place. The meaning of taking man's place is that he took man's sins. He took it upon himself. They laid the sin of man upon him. Hallelujah. He laid the sin of man upon him to slay him so that he can die for you and for me. So it was only after he was made sin that he could be killed. Without sin, it would have been impossible. He didn't have to be God. But we pray in Jesus' name for God's favor and the 
tech to submit to what he is doing. This tech, is it technology or technicalities? What is this, Nkechi? <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we submit to what you're doing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Tomorrow also is what for now. So please don't miss what for now. Um, yes, I was praying and breaking bread. So go ahead and break bread. If you haven't, just praying over the bread. I wasn't teaching or preaching anything. So tomorrow is what for now. What for now? Deeper, deeper truths. Okay, don't forget what I'm teaching is foundational. So that will just tell you how backward the church is in learning truth. Okay, these are all basic foundational truths which every believer should have at the tip of their fingers. Hallelujah. God is asking us to relay these truths. We're going to be doing this for a season, just teaching these strong foundational truths that are able to establish us solidly on the covenant and the life that Jesus has given us and prepare us for the journey into perfection. Hallelujah. God bless you. Please register for the immersion. Now, this year's immersion is going to be different. This year's immersion is going to be a teaching immersion. We're going to be teaching strongly. Um, this instruction to, to raise people uh, in the truth, we're going to carry it into the immersion. Hallelujah. So we're going to be teaching the young people twice a day. We're going to break the teachings into three segments. The 12 to 15 age group, the 15 to 18 age group and the 19 and above age group up to 30 we'll have different teachers for them running concurrently and then in the evenings we'll have miracle service impartations we'll also have our uh, barbecue night uh, road to emeos an awesome awesome you know barbecue chicken barbecue ram grills in the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost and with our campfire burning there, worshiping the Lord outside. Glory to God. So please register your children. They would come well, but it's just 3,000 naira for three days and three nights of breakfast, lunch, dinner, accommodation, all fully paid for with just 3,000 naira. Hallelujah. Please quickly register. We want to know the number of people that will be coming. Please, when you see our posters, our advertisements for the immersion, Please forward to your church groups. This is not a Kevadulam thing. Now, if you've been to the cave, you will agree with me that we're very few people. We're not many. It's just a small fellowship, but we love Jesus. And we're trusting God to raise a company of people that love Jesus. Glory to God. With us, both far and near. Those that are near can join us at the cave for live meetings. Those that are far will join us online for virtual meetings. Praise God. So tomorrow is another time. What for now? My, either my husband or Francis will be on what for now. And we're trusting God in a little while we'll be fielding other uh, ministers within the cave who would, who also have, God, God has put strong words in their mouth for this generation. God bless you. Sleep well, sleep in his presence. God bless you. God bless your family. Bless your children. Keep you, preserve you pull you out of babylon if your heart is still in babylon i trust the lord by the time we're done with all of this your heart will journey willingly out of babylon this world is not worth living for only one thing is needful praise god hallelujah good night everyone see you tomorrow morning 6 a.m
Thank you. Good night. Let's share the grace. Yes, yes the grace. Please. Good night. Thank you. The love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Rest and abide now and forevermore. Surely, Amen. Next week, we'll deal with hindrances to fruitfulness. We'll continue with fruitfulness next week. Bless you. All right. Hello, Grandma.